AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we begin this week's episode, we have a few announcements. First things first, merch is live. Yes, merch is finally here and it's so fucking cute. So please make sure that you support the kid by clicking the link in the show notes below. Don't forget to send me pictures. Also, I did my first collab with an Afro-Latina brand, Fullest Soap, based out of NYC, baby. This brand is beyond beautiful, and we created a pink rose whipped body butter and soap collection exclusively available on PHU site. We've been working on this collab for months, and I'm telling y'all, you don't want to miss out on it. So beautiful. For more information, please visit the link below. Next, y'all know I love to read, and a lot of y'all have reached out to me about books from certain episodes, what's my favorite book, or what I'm currently reading. I finally created a book list with an Amazon link that you can use to purchase. Please use this link, child, as I will receive a small commission from Amazon, which will help me to grow PHG even more. This link is available in the show notes as well, so hold me down, don't hold me up. This week's episode is very dear to me as this woman has been in my life since I was 18. Y'all know I love Kiki and my friend's mom, but this woman literally watched me grow up into the woman I am today. She has lived such a full life, and it's only right that I share her journey with you all on how she became the highest rank officer as a firefighter in the city of Chicago, baby. I hope this episode or any episodes that I've done in the past reminds you that you belong anywhere that your heart desires. Thank y'all so much for supporting the kid. We are almost at 100 episodes, and I am so excited. So thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all. And until next time, later. Welcome. You are now listening to The Professional Homegirl.
Hey, professional homegirls and niggas. It's your girl, Ebony, from the PXG Podcast, the only place where you will hear interviews from women anonymously on stories that will enlighten and expand on taboo topics. Now, if you hear someone that sounds familiar, mind the business that pays you, child. If you like the PXG Podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please, five-star reviews only. Hold me down. Don't hold me up. You can connect with me on Instagram at the Professional Homegirl, at the PXG Podcast, and last but not least at Epine Beauty. If you are all caught up with episodes, listen to bonus episodes by supporting the PXG Podcast Patreon account. To support, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash the PXG Podcast. Now, please keep in mind that all of my guests are anonymous, so let's begin this week's episode. So, I am super excited about this week's guest. She has been in my life since I what was 18 years old. Yes. <laughs> she is a definition definition of a boss. I always say she's like one of my heroes, one of the best to ever do it. Ma, how you feeling? I am well, thank you. I feel like every time I come up here, I get excited by seeing you, Opposa, my best friend. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like this is my hangout buddy when I come to Chicago. Like we always have a really good time. So how you feeling? I feel wonderful. How has the pandemic been treating you? Pandemic is not bothering me at all. Okay. I have no problem being away from folks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think you would be where you are now in your life? Never imagined it. Yeah, right? Never ever imagined it. Does it ever like choke you up at times? Not at all. I, um, I'm humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into your story, being that you are a strong alpha woman, do you think people give you space to be vulnerable? Um, I don't think they give me space to be vulnerable. They expect you to be strong all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't see you as a person who can have a, um, a sad moment, a down moment, right. uh, need anything or need somebody. Right. So they expect you to always have it together. Right. So how was your upbringing? I had a wonderful upbringing. I had a very, very caring mother. Mm-hmm. I knew my dad well, even though about the time I got a little older, my mom and my dad had separated. Mm-hmm. And uh, my stepfather was in the picture. And But me and my mom and my brothers and sisters, which I had seven brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not the baby, are you? I am. Oh, wow. I am, which is uh, not what most people expect yeah. because I have a different personality from a <laughs> right. baby child. Yeah. Uh, well, probably why, because you are the baby. Well, no. Uh, babies are usually very uh, uh, dependent, mm-hmm. and they need others because mm-hmm. everybody's always done something for them. Right. And everybody's all, uh, trying to see, um, for the most part, babies, somebody take care of. Mm-hmm. But my brothers would not allow that. They right. made me sit outside and watch them change my brakes and taught me how to put a master cylinder on my Chevy. Yo, it's bet. nothing she can't do, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, this woman can do everything. <laughs> they was like, no, if I'm going to fix your car, you're going to stand right here. So they, they made me strong. Yeah. What's something that your mother taught you that you pass on to your daughter? Cooking. Yeah, she can cook too, y'all. Oh, yeah. Cooking. And her daughter can cook. I was making peach tea before peach tea even came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to get her a cooking show. She goes to, my mom would go to the store and come home with all the fruits and vegetables and dinner and everything. 
all I grab all the fruit and I started chopping up fruit. She's like, what are you doing? Might have been diabetic uh, tea, but I, I made it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put tea bags in a pot, like four or five tea bags, and chop up peaches and mm-hmm. berries and apples and, <laughs> and boil it down. Oh, man, that would be the best tea. Oh, man. Put a pound of sugar in it. <laughs> <laughs> pound of sugar. That's not like Kool-Aid. <laughs> it was the best tea ever. But I didn't have acne as a kid because mm-hmm. I drank tea all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you the only one that's successful out of your siblings? Oh, no. Everybody's successful in their own way. <laughs> Why you say it like that? I mean, my brother was in the military. He did what he wanted to do. He did a career, my oldest brother, a career in the military. Uh, my brother, other brothers and stuff, they just did their own thing. Everybody was successful in their own way. Mm-hmm. Now, me and you always speak about your upbringing and the things that you overcame and your experiences in the street. So were you or anybody... And your siblings were were any one of y'all on drugs before, and how did that make you feel? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, everybody has been through their time of experience mm-hmm. experimenting mm-hmm. of drugs, but uh, for the most part, I don't think too many people got left behind. Yeah. 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 You experiment and you move on. Right. Mm-hmm. And another funny story that you always tell me about how you used to be a pimp. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know that was going to come out. Come on. Y'all, she being shy, y'all. I was not a pimp. I was a, a helper. So what did you do as a helper? All I did was collect the money. <laughs> collect the money. It, it was just, uh, I was a strong arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was a strong arm. Never had to be out there myself. Ooh. But I thought it was fun when he said, go get that money. I said, all right. How long you was doing it for? Um, about a year, year or two. Then I got punked out because um, <laughs> I was driving my brother's car. Uh, he had that electric 222 Snow White mm-hmm. with the red and white stripes. And um, driving my brother's car, I had my friend in the car with me. It was um, 3rd of July, and I was on the west side. Somebody started shooting. Mm-hmm. And this car is so long, so I'm trying to get out of the parking space. Before mm-hmm. I can get out of the parking space, the police pull up. Mm-hmm. And when the police pull up, unbeknownst to me, there was uh, drugs in the car. Mm. And all I'm thinking, I'm not scared of the police. I'm not scared of the West Side. I'm thinking, Lucille going to kick my ass. <laughs> my mama going to kill me. My brother is over in Saudi Arabia fighting a war. I'm driving his car, and so that makes it's it's his car. So right. Did he know the everything will come back to him? Right. right. And um, they had drugs in the car. The next thing I know, I'm being handcuffed. I was like, Oh my lord! <laughs> so, long story short, after getting kicked out, getting me kicked out of that. They got me out of it, mm-hmm. and uh, they let me go. I was an innocent one, but I was out to see her face. <laughs> um, I wasn't the innocent one, but I was the innocent right. one. And uh, I, my mother had been through so much heartache with my brothers. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't put no more on her. Right. Especially me going to jail for something. Right. So that was uh, the end of my days of hanging out with folks. <laughs> Uh, like that. Right. So, 
one of them girls too. Speaking of drugs, uh, one of them girls, they got tired of me. They got mad at me because I wasn't in the same situation they were in. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? They was whores. Right. They were mm-hmm. that, that didn't ever cross my mind. Right. I, never, I could never do that. Right. But I, I like collecting their money. <laughs> so <laughs> after about, about a year or so and the thing with the drugs and the car, one of them girls uh, slipped something on me. Oh. Oh. What she slipped on you? I have no idea. Probably some kind of heroin or something. Mm. And, uh, and I didn't do drugs. So right. I, I woke up in the middle of the expressway with an 18 wheeler coming at me. What? Oh, Would you pass out? I, I had left the west side. I had made it all the way to uh, almost to Alta mm-hmm. and had no memory of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, that was another sign. See, I, one thing I have to say is, even though I might have been out in the life and living in that wild life, my mother has always instilled God in my life. Mm-hmm. So I always had a relationship with God, and he always spoke to my soul. Mm-hmm. So when it was time to move, it was always time to move. Mm-hmm. I knew. And you prayed it off of you, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's he speaking to my soul. So it, it woke me up that I had on house shoes, trying to go to work in the middle of Alsip, didn't remember how I got there, and the thing that had happened about a, two weeks before, the got pulled over in the car, and before that, my friend Sam's best friend, anybody that know me and, and know this would know who this is, but my friend Sam's best friend, Gray got killed in a stairwell. Mm. Uh, and I kept trying to get away from him, but he was one of those guys that he kept denying me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to be with him so bad. That he just thrill. kept denying me, right. and I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I didn't win because mm. that's how you make holes. Right. You know? Right. He was. He said I was too good, and he wouldn't allow me to win. He wouldn't allow me uh, to have that intimate contact. Right. And we had everything else. His mother loved me. We had everything else, but he would never touch me intimately. Mm. And I was like, "That's how we're driving you crazy." Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna win this," because he trusted me wholeheartedly. But um, it was that time my mother told me she said, "That black nigga gonna be the death of you," mm. and I had to leave him alone. Mm. I had to walk away from him. Because mm. if I had a one, I'd be somebody else right now. <laughs> Would you say you would have been? Yeah, I would have been a two dollar. Two dollar hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what happened to the people to win. A two dollar hole. Yeah, that's a fact. Oh. Mm. So what made you like? Was that the reason why you just got out the streets and you wanted to change your life, or? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was a total walk away. It's like God erased the whole thing from my soul. I didn't even remember half of the things, half of the people. Matter of fact, I work the west side to this day. I couldn't tell you. I know he lived off a lake. Mm. As much as I was there, I don't remember anything else about it. I know he lived right off a of lake street. Mm. So you wouldn't know how to I get there? I don't know if he went to jail, if he died. Well, when I walked Would away... Would you want to know? I walked away. Uh-uh. Yeah. I don't want to wait. No. And I don't reach out on Facebook. I right. have no desire to 
still be around any negativity. Mm-hmm. I don't work too hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Well, being that the listeners are predominantly one women, and that's something that me and you always talk about as relationships, what are some lessons you learn in your dating life? In my dating life? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I learned the same lesson everybody else learned. Heartache hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, if you're not getting getting what you need out of it, if I can tell my younger self, if you're not being respected, mm-hmm. if you're not getting what you need out of it, if you see yourself and envision yourself being married and having children and having a different type of life, and this person is not on the same path as you, get off that path because you can't change people's hearts. Yeah. Because that's not what they want. Mm-hmm. You, you can beat them to the, beat them in the face. Right. You're not going to change who they are. They're just going to waste your time. Right. It's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. Waste your time and your youth. Right. And giving that good coochie to somebody. Don't <laughs> Wait, is there anything you would have done differently as your younger self? Not just relationships, but just in general. Because you live a full life. Um, you know, what happened is my younger self made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Because without all those trials and tribulations, I wouldn't have known to go the next step. Right. So if I had just had, it's so good and everything going good, stay with that and oh my, this is the life, uh, I wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here at all. Right. But how did you stay so resilient? I didn't think it was resilience. I thought it was just you had no choice. trial and error. Right. Yeah. Well, when it failed, you moved. Right. You know, when it, when something was failing and it wasn't working, you moved. Mm-hmm. It's not always that easy. Right. <laughs> How long have you been a firefighter? I have been a firefighter for 31 years. Wow. That's crazy. I know. That's right? a long ass time. I know. When I look in the mirror, I just feel like I'm 31 years old. Yeah. I mean, she still look good, oh. y'all. <laughs> well, I, I look in the mirror, I'm like, I, I've been on the job 31 years. I, I thought I was just 31. Right. <laughs> and you're a chief. I am a chief. That's the highest rank. That is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Come on, boss. So being that you are a chief, what are your responsibilities? Well, um, my responsibility as a battalion chief is that I manage all firefighters uh, mm-hmm. operating under my command mm-hmm. in uh, my battalion. Just like this is Battalion 5, mm-hmm. and I have these four or five firehouses right here. I take care of all those firemen to make sure when we go to a fire or any incident that they're going to operate under my command. They're going to... I'm going to tell them how I want the holes laid out, where I want the ladders to go. We got to do search and rescue. And primarily, my job is safety. I want to make sure that troops are safe. So I'm, I'm looking at the big picture. Right. Firemen are like kettle. They just zoom straight in. They're going straight. They're going to see fire. They're going straight. Well, you got as a chief, you got to look at the big picture. You got to do a 360 around whatever... Uh, incident you're going into, you want to mm-hmm. make sure the building's not falling down, you want to make sure the building's not going to explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're going in to save someone, you're not going to put, you don't want to be the one dying. You want to be part of the problem. Right. You, you don't want to become part of the problem. So that's why when you get your chief hat on, uh, you want to get a good 360 risk versus reward, mm-hmm. so to speak. You. You want to be able to 
excess, how much risk mm-hmm. is there for me to go in here and check this building and make sure it's empty? It appears empty, but in the city of Chicago, there's no such thing as a vacant building. Right. Because somebody's sleeping in it. Mm-hmm. Somebody pulled the plywood off and set a fire. Mm-hmm. Fire got out of control. So you want to go in and risk your life to save risk life and limb to go in there and say a building or is it somebody still Living in there? A person, so right. basically you're management. You know, I did the firefight and I ran into burning buildings. I crawled through shit and don't know I slid through shit and it's all down my clothes. Right. But I've got to a point now I get to use my brain. Right. And my finger. It works real good. <laughs> <laughs> what does it take to become one? Become a battalion chief? A firefighter. Well, and a chief too. Well, a firefighter, you test to come on a job. You have to test. It's a civil service test, and you take that exam. You get on a job. They're going to teach you. When I came on a job, you had said to be a first responder. Now Mm -hmm. you have to have to come on as an EMT. Mm -hmm. And some of the guys come on as paramedics. If they've already been a paramedic, Mm -hmm. they come on as a paramedic. Then they teach you the firefighting skills. Mm -hmm. And if you come on as a firefighter, they teach you the firefighting skills and the EMT skills. And you have to maintain your um, uh, study. Is trying, you, you can't lose your EMT skills and still be a firefighter. Right. You have to keep those skills up. Because there's five of you on apparatus. Mm-hmm. And it's going to always be like a paramedic if it's ALS, advanced life. Mm-hmm. It's an advanced life apparatus. It's going to be ALS. So it's going to have a paramedic and a, a EMT, at least one EMT, an officer, and two other firefighters. So uh, And the physical test is hard. The physical test is not that hard. But you got to be in great shape. No, you got to have a great, you have to have mind over matter. Mm. Because, see, they told us as women, we couldn't do this job. Right. We'll never get this job. And that, and that proved them wrong. We're not just got this job. We are empowered. Right. You know, we are in uh, probably most women they ever seen before in any city mm. because the women in the city of Chicago Fire Department, we started coming on a job in 1987. And they called me in 87, but I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I came on in 1990. Mm. Okay. So. Damn, but that's. It was physical, years. but I was in physical fitness shape. I, I bodybuilded, I worked out. And, and see, my thing wasn't being physical fitness shape. I'm very competitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you tell me I can't have some, I want even more. Right. Yeah. So, what made you want to become a firefighter? Because you were very into your looks, how and you I'm dress. Still I mean, you still look. are, yeah. <laughs> you know? But what happened is my brother, uh, Tony, Asked me to take the firefighter's exam. I was like, I don't want to be no fireman. <laughs> you can't be no fireman. You're going to be a fire lady. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be getting dirty and stuff. And then he showed me how much they was making back then. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll take this test with you. <laughs> so I took the test and I passed. And um, long story short, he had had an injury to his leg. Mm. And the injury wouldn't allow him to uh, get on the job. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in, like, in 1990. And so I ended up um, getting on the job and taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a lot of people come against me because it was white men. Then I had black men. They didn't want me there. The white men didn't want me there. 
Nobody wanted you there. So uh, I sat over in the corner and I studied. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, that's what we're going to do. Right. So I what made they sure do I, for you? I was stronger than them. Mm-hmm. I made sure I was smarter than them. And I made sure they couldn't leave me nowhere. So right. we went into a situation. If you don't want to teach me, then I'm going to learn on my own. Right. So I had an opportunity to transfer from my candidacy to All Black Firehouse, which was one of the busiest firehouses in the city on the south side of Chicago, which is on South Chicago. I won't mention the engine company. But I had a, oh, a lot of old school brothers. And I came in the door, they was like, oh, Lord. Who going to carry her hand pump? Who going to help her do this? Or who gonna... That's how they were at first. And then when they seen I could bench press most, I'll bench press most of them. Mm-hmm. They was like, oh, shit. Come on. So, <laughs> it was time to make a roof on the building and mm-hmm. cut a hole in the roof. I'm right there chopping. We didn't have right. all the good stuff. They was like, we didn't have all the saws. They and underestimated you. Hole. They underestimated. Then after that, they took me under their wing. They taught me everything I needed to know. They said, if you ever have to get a detail, you got to be out here with these Caucasians that don't want you there. Mm-hmm. We want you to know your shit. Right. And to this day, I cannot run into some of them. I, I happen to work and um, Rosalind one day and uh, I knew one of my guys was there that taught me the job mm-hmm. and I went over to his house and his wife to make sure they had enough PPE with the mask and uh, gloves and hand sanitizer due to this pandemic mm-hmm. and when I walked up uh, I called him first he said oh god okay and when I pulled up in my red fire chief car and I got out he broke down and cried like a newborn baby. Aww. He was like, oh my God, this is our baby. Our baby is like, she's the chief now. This is our baby we took under our wing. And oh my God, it was so amazing because I've been knowing his wife since I was a kid. Right. And oh, well, wow. I say since I was a kid, but since I was a kid on the job. Right. And I did come on the job at 27. You must have started crying. Yeah, I got emotional. <laughs> I got emotional when... I think about Gilly because a lot of my friends have, have passed away already. Right. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's cool. And uh, so when I. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen this woman cry. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I have pictures to go along with that. Anyway, his wife um, said, Frank, don't start all of that crying. Right. He's like, this is my baby. Look at it, Ruth, you know? <laughs> um, he was just so happy to see me. He said, wow, you know, we knew you was going to be somebody. Mm-hmm. But you surpassed all of us. Because they, they were just caught up from being, I'm going to be a fireman. Right. I'm a fireman. But you saw the bigger picture. I seen a bigger picture. Right. So after that, I made engineer out of our firehouse. Mm-hmm. I made engineer. Which I was the first black female engineer to drive a fire engine. And I heard you was going to be on the Guinness World Record book. Ah. <laughs> but you turned them down. <laughs> There's a whole lot more to go along with that. But um, why do you want to do it? Because I was the first black female that they recognized mm. to drive a fire engine. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't the first black female on paper because oh. somebody had a relationship mm. with somebody else. So they. Never went to school. They never did the class. They never drove a fire engine. But uh, her her side piece made sure 
that he slid her in there. Mm. So in order for me to take something, I would have to take something from a sister. Right. And so I wasn't going to do that. Right. But uh, I was recognized in the city. Mm-hmm. This girl could drive anything. Mm-hmm. When my brothers had eight between wheelers, they had trucks. Mm-hmm. They still had stick shifts. They taught me how to drive. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I didn't want to take anything from my sister right. to make it seem like, you know, I'm trying to boast, but I know who I am. Right. And th- that's all that mattered, you know. And um, But when I went somewhere and I showed up to be the engineer for the day, nobody messed with me. Mm-hmm. They used to. Mm-hmm. They think I didn't know my job. They go over and they open all the ports and they pull the ports. and uh, It's called a discharge port. Mm-hmm. It's the engine is the one who carries the water. The truck is the one that carries the ladders. Mm-hmm. So being an engineer, you had to know your um, how much water to stand through certain hoses and how much pressure. Right. And so I would go to the rig and I set my rig for the day. And when we go out, I get a, something and I go to set the rig and water's going everywhere. I try to make me look like a fool. Mm-hmm. And so I, this is when I be in the white neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, black neighborhood, white company. Right. Still something wrong with that picture. Right. So um, one day we came back in for lunch, and I say, "Hey, I guess y'all trying to make me look like a fool. You playing with my rig and making sure water's going everywhere." And I pointed out, I said, "I'm not gonna fix it. I'm not going back to the rig and check it out again." Cause I'm not the one in the building. Mm-hmm. You are. Right. You're going to be the one burning up in there mm-hmm. trying to figure out why you don't have no water. Right. Why you trying to sabotage me? Why you trying to sabotage me? Your ass is in the burning building. Mm-hmm. So, you think about that because I'm going to leave that rig just like he said it. Mm-hmm. They stopped messing with my rig. <laughs> That's how dumb they are. Mm-hmm. They think they setting me up. You setting yourself up. I right. can't get no water. All because you're a woman. If all y'all go in there and die, That's all they're going to do is take me down for a drug test. Right. If I pass a drug test, it's like, oh, well. Right. So that was the end of that. They stopped playing with that red. <laughs> <laughs> so we spoke about this last night, but do you feel like firefighters receive enough recognition for what y'all do? Because I really don't hear a lot of stories about firefighters. Well, I don't know. I think that in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, they don't get lost. They get a, uh, I don't, it can never say enough. What's enough? Mm-hmm. But they get a lot of recognition for what they've done. Matter of fact, day before yesterday, I won't mention where, but I had two firefighters. I had a fire company respond to Hyde Park mm-hmm. in the city of Chicago. Uh, of a girl distressed in the bathroom. Her parents called and said she's distressed. We don't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Long story short, we wrote them up for an award. She had hung herself with her apron on the back of the door. Mm. And the more you push the door, the more the hands pulled and choked her out. Mm. So these two firefighters forced their way in. One grabbed her legs, they pushed the door, he held her up, and they cut her down. Mm. I made sure they got recognition. I wrote them up for an award. Mm-hmm. She made it? Yes, she said, look, oh, she, good, lived. Good. she lived. And she happened to be a sister, which mm. is odd because we don't do that. Right. I'm sorry. Right. I don't mean to be funny, but it's not mm-hmm. often. There's not too much we can take that we don't do that. Right. You know, so. Mm. So being that this is a male-dominant industry, what were some other hardships that you faced? The hardest thing was... Uh, 
being male dominant, I was I was always the girl. I was always a very girly girl, mm-hmm. and I refused to be a dyke. Right. Or uh, I mean, back in my day when I first came on, it was a lot of hard chicks. Mm-hmm. And you I always kept your hair together, like your nails to be, together. I refused to say I had to be one of the boys to be a part of the game. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna be one of the boys, right? And I, I'm, I'm gonna, I demand respect mm-hmm. from the boys. I'm not going to not be a girl because I work with men, mm-hmm. and I maintain my femininity from the whole time. I also maintain. A bit of distance because it was some delicious firemen. <laughs> now that I can look back, I go, dang, got past that. You up. never hook but up with nobody. I'm never gonna admit to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna admit to it. Am I anonymous? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, let me say, I got it in a couple of times in a firehouse with somebody I was in love with. Oh, oh I know that was Lord. a good time. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I think it makes for a bad co-workers when you have a relationship around all these men because you can't stop the next guy from flirting with you right. and then dude is standing here like wait a minute that's my piece you right then y'all working together and then you get promoted and you become their boss right that's another the cutoff was a no 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 mm-hmm. i would never even ever cross the line when i became their boss right okay because i wasn't going to go down that way where somebody would say, well, she took advantage of me as a right. firefighter, you know. Because you know they were trying to. Yeah, but when I was a firefighter, we was on equal playing field. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when you became chief and I, I went to went to your job with my um with your daughter, like, they all, like, look up to you and respect you. Like, you like the mama there. They don't have no choice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they, I can tell, like, it's, the men it's, admire it's, you, it's though. It's not even that. It's just that they know who I was. They know who I am. They know how I got it. They know I didn't sleep my way to the top. Mm-hmm. They know that I I wasn't playing politics to get to the top. Mm-hmm. They know that I was who they are. Mm-hmm. And I worked my way to the top. And when you do that, you you don't have to demand respect. They're going to give yeah, it to you. Yeah, give it to you. Right. Yeah. Well, looking back on everything you've done in your life, do you have any regrets? I don't have regrets. Uh, I wasted 24 years with an individual, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't a waste because I learned in it. Right. Okay. Two, I thought I wanted more children, but my daughter told me. Literally today. Spoiled <laughs> self. Because I was on her ass all with day. With her spoiled self. She was like, oh, no, I am a loner, and I'm glad I ain't got no siblings. <laughs> she is a brat. Okay. <laughs> but I thought. Could you see yourself more kids? Oh, I would have loved to have more children. I can't wait to have grandchildren. Oh, I'm just going to, oh. I know. I'm, oh, my God. What, what, what car do you want? What, what, 16. Let's go get you a Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to have some grandchildren. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to spoil them. That's why I got three dogs. I know. And she spoiled these little niggas, y'all. These little They back. eat better food than we do. Yes, they do. <laughs> What else you would have did? Because I, I can't see you with a lot of kids. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. I just said, I probably would have had one more. Yeah. And um, I would have liked to have one more. But if it wasn't going to be with her dad, I didn't want to have no more children. Right. I wanted all my children with the same person. 
her dad and I are like brother and sister now. Right. We're just like really close. She's still trying to get back to that. Has never happened. I mean, I can see why. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I feel like that was a very important relationship in your life too. Oh yeah, my 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 daughter's dad. Um, it was a very very important relationship. He he um, he taught me a lot of things. And she's uh, smiling, y'all. No, <laughs> when I say he taught me a lot of things, you know, once I had my daughter, it, I was, I became a whole nother, a whole nother entity. Mm-hmm. I just, I was like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't that spoiled, selfish brat. It was me, 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 and how I look and what I need, and mm-hmm. I got to look like this or have that. It was uh, raising my child right. Mm-hmm. And some things you just don't let your child see. My daughter was, uh, my daughter's in high school, about to graduate, before she ever seen another man in her house. Mm-hmm. Now they may come over, but they never slept. Mm-hmm. How important? They is may it? visit in the daytime, right? But at nighttime, you were home because you would not be over my kid's head, right? So, uh, how important is that? Why was that so important to you? Because I, I didn't feel that no man deserved the spot to be over my child's head. Her, her, her uh, home was already built. Mm-hmm. They were just the outsider coming in. Right. So she already had a home with just me. Even if her dad was down the street. Right. She didn't need a daddy. Right. She had that. But I didn't want my daughter to think that it was okay that another male would have any kind of say so over her life, mm-hmm. uh, in her life. Now, if I was married, if I was getting married, mm-hmm. that would have been totally different. Mm-hmm. But even I had a long-term relationship, I just didn't feel that a man should be over my daughter's head. I, as a young lady, had a stepfather, mm-hmm. and we didn't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And not to go back a whole lot of years, but I'll say. I had a whole lot of life lessons. I left home at 16 and went to the job corps. Mm-hmm. That's why I graduated school. Right. Because I hated my stepfather. Mm-hmm. There's some hard lessons in there. So I went to a whole city and a whole state that I knew nothing about. Right. And I was in a dormitory with girls from all over, all over, everywhere, even mm-hmm. from as far as. Um, it was a shock. Huh? It was a shock. Well, I thought I was grown. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you think you're grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, even from um, the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. So the girls from New York. <laughs> oh, man, those are some bad girls. Some girls from New York uh, and some girls from the uh, Virgin Islands, and girls from Detroit, and, oh, man, we just made a covenant. We was just like, we're going to stick together. We're not going to let this happen. We're going to all stick together. Man, look up. They got girls on the stroll. We got girls on the drugs. Mm-hmm. And they they had them out there in the world, mm-hmm. you know. But I was too strong for that. I told you, I had I, that. It just couldn't compete. And like I said, I had that relationship with God that every time I took a step and it wasn't right, mm-hmm. he let me know it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. That's what your I daughter said. She said. She said she know guys hear you. Oh my God, amazing! Mm-hmm. He's just like, it's just like right there. I just, I just 
feel it and feel it all the time. It's like, okay, that's not what he want me to do. Right. This ain't, this ain't that. Right. You know. Well, but before we leave, what's some advice you would give to our listeners? Don't waste time. Mm. Don't waste time on something you're trying to fix. Because if it's for you, you ain't got to fix it. Mm-hmm. If you got to make somebody think along the same path that you're trying to go down, that ain't your, that ain't your somebody. Mm-hmm. Your somebody is already on the same path as Right. <clears throat> and you waste time. You look up and your time is gone. You can't have no babies no more. You know, wasted all this time on this knucklehead. You mm-hmm. know, I got friends that did that. Also, um, love your parents. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean parents. I say whoever raised you. You got to love them to the utmost. You got to just put everything you got into them. You got to take them to dinner. Take them to get their nails done. Let Mm -hmm. them go to the movies with you. You just have to take everything you learn and put it back into them. Because some of them, they just lonely. Mm -hmm. Not only that, when your parents leave you, if you did all that and you put a fed into them and you took care of them, you don't have no kids. Mm -hmm. The people that screamed the loudest at the funeral is the ones who didn't leave. Mm, that's a fact. Those are the ones that got all that regret. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get a tear going. Mm. And I felt bad because I couldn't cry when my mama died. Mm. And I thought something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Well, I learned early on, my best friend didn't have no mother. My other best friend didn't have a mother. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend didn't have a mother. And everybody told me how they wished. I wished. I wished. Well, I took from that. Right. And I made sure that I loved on her. I took care of her. We got massages two or three times a month. Mm-hmm. We got our feet done together. We ate dinner. I took her to the best restaurants. I took her to Vegas, wherever she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Now, you were really close to your mom. And when my mom <laughs> left here, I said, all is well. Mm-hmm. That's all you can say. Right. Because I did all I could do. Mm-hmm. I never left the hanger. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, I appreciate you, Ma. I feel like you've been my mom since I was 18. Yeah. Look at time I called you when that boy... Mm. <laughs> I called her crying because my first love had some bitch there at his probate. Mm-hmm. He was like, you need to take a shot. Don't let him see you sweat. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But now, you, we definitely look up to you. We are very fortunate to have you in our lives and we always tell your daughter that I, you're the best to ever do it, man. Thank you. Will somebody tell her again? I know. <laughs> she don't pay me no money. She really don't. You be like, whatever. No well, y'all have any questions, comments, or anything? I also thought it was a good interview because I interviewed a CEO. I interviewed police officers. I interviewed a lot of people, but I never interviewed a firefighter. So, and you're the highest rank of them. So. Fire battalion chief. Chief. Okay. <laughs> okay. So if y'all have any questions, comments, or concerns, make sure to email me at hello at the phgpodcast.com. And until next time, later. Later. <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. AT&T connects and old to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.